Welcome back to another episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Mike. Hey, Russ. Joey. Hello. And Tom is abroad. He's currently doing uh, several speaking engagements in Australia. So it'll be just the three of us, but he is here in spirit. And maybe sometime he'll get to call us uh, and talk over the phone. But for right now, I wanted to talk about, I guess, the idea of failure. And I think it's something we've we've definitely incorporate into other discussions but i think the idea i think a part of my daily routine yeah i have you know <laughs> it's it's whether i try to or not it's always a part we've of my all daily integrated routine. failure into our lives Ross. but i but i think it, well I, comedically it's it's i'm glad we can laugh but i think it's something that uh societally we don't we don't incorporate yeah, it we we avoid it or we mm-hmm. think it is that we see it as a sign of weakness or as of failure as being right, truly right. failure not as learning opportunity where I think that's where I'm, that's where I maybe want to start the discussion to see where it goes. But the idea of embracing failure and recognizing its its need and its learning potential, because uh, I think uh, we often look at test scores and performance and aptitude and things of you have to be right and you have to get it a hundred percent to be the best. And if you're not a hundred percent, well, then you're not doing your best. Right. And I think there's, I, w- I want to maybe unpack that or kind of r- go back to a more appropriate definition of recognizing that failure is a necessity for growth and learning and that it's not a negative. It's actually part of the learning process. Right. Can you give a, an example? I sure can. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm failing to figure out an example right now. No, um, I think the idea of Right now, I'm thinking of children who are learning to write their name in my Uh class. And I have a girl who knows all of her letters. She's doing a great job. She's doing invented spelling and everything. Mm -hmm. She's confident. She's But she writes everything reverse. Sure. So it's mirrored. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it'd be very easy to say, well, actually, you need to write it this way because this is how we read. And... I just wonder if she's to see that is what she's doing is now a failure, that she's not doing it right, and then she starts to... Um, right, and presumably at this point, she doesn't know that it's different than standard you know, right. spelling standard, or standard right. writing. But somebody else might say that to her. Right. Could be another you know child that... Like what you know? Yeah, so some of them have called them out. Oh, Older that's... sibling or a, or a child in class that understands yep. that, and yeah, it really depends on. But if she starts to see it that way, right. in some ways, eventually she'll have to realize. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, that's not the way people will read it. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's. I think the patience of waiting until she gets to right. that point. Mm-hmm. But at some point, she's going to like. Oh, I don't want to do it this way anymore. Right. And I think that, or so there's that idea, and I can go back to the idea of children, the infants learning to walk and falling down and falling down and trying and trying and trying again. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't and tell them, oh, just stop trying. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and never mind. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just not your thing. You know, yeah. That that walking thing. Just you not know. your thing. Or using scissors that children, if you're not using it right the first time, you don't get to use these anymore. You right. might as well just stop trying. Right. That there's that failure and there's the, there's the repeated trial and error that's needed in order right. to finally get that skill or mm-hmm. that, that well, understanding. So and persistence I'm, is what you're Persistence. Yeah. And I'm thinking also alongside that, you've got kind of a mindset. I don't know. What do people say now? What's the trendy thing? A growth mindset? I'm not really going to yeah, talk yeah. about that, but that's the trendy term. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, you know, this idea of like flexible thinking. So mm-hmm. like 
failure, stop, give up. That's kind of like a rigid, mm-hmm. a rigid, and you know, fear of failure can kind of tie into anxiety, which can mm-hmm. be a very rigid mm-hmm. uh, way of thinking. Right. Versus, oh, well, that didn't work. Nah. What, what now? What am I going to try? And that's a more like flexible thinking approach, which, sure. which right. is a skill that I would think we would we would yeah. want to cultivate. It leads to a lot of. Good, I mean, I'm thinking right. of this, I had this failure. I don't know if the kids. Well, I don't know if the kids are with me or not. But years and years and years ago, when I was first started my teaching career, pumpkin season. What are you going to do with pumpkins? And I had this vision that we were going to use um, a hand drill. Mm-hmm. And we were going to drill holes in the pumpkin. And I think I thought we'd maybe put a light inside because that'd be cool. You know, and then right. like mm-hmm. all these holes in the light coming out, whatever. So of course the hand drill fell apart like immediately upon trying, mm-hmm. like, and the drill bit was just stuck in the pumpkin. Um, yeah. Repeatedly. Yep. So yep. I got the message that that wasn't going to work, whether I had a bad drill or pumpkins and drills dull, don't yeah. go. I don't dull know. Bit don't bit. Don't know. Um, yeah, dull bit. That pumpkin was really tough. But mm-hmm. the but it's like, oh, well, okay, I still want a hole for for whatever reason that was <laughs> my goal. Um, so I got a hammer and nails, and we pounded the nails yeah, into yeah. the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. And behold, pumpkin pounding has become this, like, almost rigid tradition. But it was a tradition pumpkin in my school now. Pumpkin pounding is a big thing. It's a big thing. I'm not saying I discovered too. it. But, no, no, but, but it's um, definitely, like, But man, it's a thing because it's easy early carpentry thing. There go through October without... Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that it, lots of things can be discovered in lots of different ways. But for me, that was oh the, yeah, like, I wasn't trying to no 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 diss you for <laughs> no no no. But um, but for me, that was the like oh well okay, let's try this instead. That's just an example. So that the, comes flexible, to my, the flexible the flexible thinking, and yeah. I think kids employ that too. But mm-hmm. sometimes we have to help. Them. And I think it's important, right. like what you just said, that there's a lot of teachers who like, oh this child's not using scissors well or isn't successful. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is make them try over and over in the same way. Right. And, you know, there's that thing of, for a child who's still developing all of their um, coordination around their hands, it might be easier to use the scissors in what we would think of as upside down. Right. Like, really, the child can figure out what's working right now. Right. If it's not yeah. working, they might try a different way, and a right. teacher might say, oh, I w- try this one, see if that works. But if they go back and hold it the other way, it's like, okay, right now, with the way their development is... It's not the easiest thing. Right. So it's who's defining failure. Yeah, yeah. You know, because maybe they just want to cut the paper. Right. They mm-hmm. don't want to cut the paper while holding the scissors the right way. And could they tear way. the paper is another question, right? Yeah. Like, or, or kids almost, have... like, and teachers sometimes are like, no, we're, what I want to do is I want to be able to show parents that they've learned to cut with yeah. scissors. Yeah. And get really rigid. Well, so. Or you get a different set of scissors that are more of a clamp-based, and you get right, a tool right. that's going to be appropriate to use to start with rather than jumping in at a higher level. And yeah. Buying tie shoes for your three-year-old and expecting that they can get them on by themselves. Not- I remember my friend asked me, we both had three-year-olds at the time, and was like, so how do you get a kid to learn to tie? Or how do you get a three-year-old to learn to tie? Like, said, first they turned five. Yeah, I, that's exactly I said, well, you get Velcro shoes now, and then when they're five, right. you know, whatever. It's like, why try you know like right. and so it's, that makes me think that sometimes the adult has to be the flexible thinker yeah like mm-hmm. i want my child to be able to put their own shoes on they're failing maybe right. i need a crock mm-hmm. or something because right. my goal that i want them to quote unquote succeed you know what i mean it right. could be different, or be independent or be independent maybe that's a, yeah that they so can sometimes dress themselves. we have to be the flexible thinker because they don't have it but we do want them to also develop that right that skill of whether right. it's persistence or yeah, and I, I think that thing of, because I see a lot of teachers who, like, to me, and if this is more of, you have to be at least three, I think, to really, well, you could do it with younger, but say, like, oh, that isn't, isn't working. What uh-huh. do you think you could do to, right. Right. Um, to 
makes the paper, you know, and puts the paper in two pieces, whatever, right. so that right. it doesn't just scissors. It's not like, no, this is the correct way. Right. Right. And do or it I this see way. you want to reach up to the top of that. Right. Oh, yeah, you, what could you, you do to yeah, what, reach? Yeah. Because yeah. I think I, what I see in re, in kind of response to this is there's just a lot of that giving up. There's just like, mm-hmm. just do this for me. Just sit my jacket. Can right, you just right. draw this mm-hmm. for me? Because So on the kid's side. From the children response to... Like, I didn't like failure. That right. was my one try. It doesn't feel good. I, yeah. I, I'm not even going to try anymore. And I yeah, think that yeah. maybe that's where having failure be that reinforcer of resilience or of the mm-hmm. real world. Cause no, none of us have gone through and gotten everything right all the time. Even the most successful people, athletes, uh, performers, inventors, CEOs have gone through a number of trial and errors where they right. failed miserably or you've missed that shot or you had a terrible audition, but then you go, okay, well next time I'll yeah. do this what do rather do than prove it or to, completely walking away and i think that we're i'm hoping that as children are getting older that that message is continuing to be reinforced in a real and authentic way not just giving it lip service and then expecting Mm -hmm. children to say no but you need this test you need to get these grades because if you're not the you know top student or you're not at a hundred percent then you're not you're you're failing you're not doing well and i think there's that maybe i'm kind of Flashing back to conversations with my college students who there was a mindset of when we'd start the year, they would say, tell me what I need to do for the A. Tell me what I need to do. And then if they didn't get 100 percent, why didn't I get 100 percent? Right. And there's no, no, no. You got 82 percent because that's the amount of work you did. So there's this there's this I, this weird flip of that I think there's now an expectation of I'm starting with 100% and I need you to keep me going at 100% uh-huh. versus right. you have zero points when this right. class starts. What amount of work do you want to do? How do you want right. to show me your understanding to a level that I can then say, yeah, yeah you get it and I can give you that higher grade because I'm hoping that's not pushing down mm-hmm. into the younger ages, but I think right. seeing reactions from siblings of who are first, second, third graders who parents are saying they're freaking out because they didn't get a hundred percent on their spelling test. So they don't, they don't want to try anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And this idea that, but that shouldn't, like we put such a stress. And part of that is, yeah, the way, you know, and this is, I think we're getting into territory that like, I'm just not experienced as a teacher, but as a parent of a child who's now in high school, Mm -hmm. but thinking about, the grades as the thing of this they they need this like a or this whatever right you know and like forget about i don't care what the learning is i want to know how my child gets this grade i don't care if they get excited about you know being a writer or they get excited about um whatever because you know spelling it's one of those things it's necessary to a degree to write and at the same time it's not something we should be like having a kid just not want to try right. you know what i mean and like so how does a spelling test actually get to that better than writing and have an editor mm-hmm. you know whether right. you know the teacher being the editor uh, or whatever right. like different ways mm-hmm. of learning to spell mm-hmm. i guess and i don't know how long how deep right. we should get into this part yeah. of it because it's at well, an to, age level we're yeah not, well to think it down to our experience, with. experience age level sure. i don't i don't won't pretend yeah. any expertise either but i mean because it's this will be broad 
generalization, but you I, know, pre- I pretend my expertise all the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. That's why you're not a failure in anything. Um, <laughs> but we're an expert in. You know, there's this. I mean, people mock, and so I don't want to add on to the the pileup of mocking. But you know, the, the everybody wins mindset. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. So, so I think of the example that's coming to my mind is um, like soccer for fun for really tiny kids who mm-hmm. just chase the ball around. They have yeah, no yeah. clue about right. um, rules of the game. Rules of the game, whatever. They all just chase the ball. Maybe yep. somebody stands in the goal. Sure. Maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. otherwise, you know, and that that's, well, that's the idea is that you're going to kind of just be doing something outside that's fun with your body. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of introducing you to the idea of being on a team. We're yep. kind of introducing right, you to right. the sport, but no one really expects that they're going to like, you're on the sideline. You didn't hold your position. You know, right, <laughs> you know, right, you, yeah, you, yeah. You were supposed to pass or what, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, and so that's like a you know early childhood version of like you yeah. know just participating and everybody's winning. But then, so where does it come? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm now I'm going on my limb. Okay. So, but if it stays that way for long time, then you get mm-hmm. kids possibly coming to your college level class going. But I'm just doing it. And so by just doing it, I should be getting my A because mm-hmm. right. I, I mean, I would so say the difference, yeah, what there's I think a lot that something's what going I think on in between. It, yeah, because what I think is happening, what happens in early childhood is children, and we had the episode about the slide thing, right? Yeah. Where yeah. children come up with their own challenges, yeah. usually. Sometimes it's, you know, they're like, ooh, do you think we can clean this up before yeah. the song ends or yeah. whatever? You know, mm-hmm. you can come up with a game that you might, there is a clear did you or did you, mm-hmm. didn't you? But... At this age, kids kind of come up with the goals, mm-hmm. and then, but I don't think that's a that does get lost. Certainly, that what kids have to do becomes dictated becomes dictated by completely. Else. And so maybe I will give an example of so the high school my child goes to now, what they learn, and I don't know most high school students in Minnesota learn this, but at this high school, the kids learn what the graduation standards are for mm-hmm. the state of Minnesota because that's not decided by the school, it's not decided by right. the kids, but. Then they have an advisor help them. So what do you want to do to meet these standards? Mm-hmm. Right. And so they do offer some classes, but it's a little more like college where you could choose a class to get like chemistry. Right. Get your, or you could come up with a project that you could, you know, whatever, try to make a new uh, lip balm. Right. And learn chemistry that way mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. You right. can come up with the idea. Right. And we'll try to find an advisor who can, or, you know, right. someone you can work with. Like Sometimes an independent project. Kind of yeah, thing. so an independent project. And you can do it that way. And so one of the things that they do right away is, now let's create the rubric for the project you're about to start. Right. And so there is, at the end, a grade. Mm-hmm. But the student the whole time knows, I've decided what this is. Mm-hmm. I know what the expectations are. And then I'll know if I actually passed mm-hmm. right and so they get the 82 or whatever and like oh yeah i and they can articulate oh yeah you know i was hoping to do this and i really didn't mm-hmm. and sometimes it's because i just didn't Realize take the time to care. do it yeah. and i you know wanted to get it done so i knew right. this part i fell short on well it sounds like the other concept that's coming into this conversation is the idea of an intrinsic versus an extrinsic yeah, yeah. reward right and then that affects our opinion of of failure do, do you think ross that's part of 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 what you're touching on, like, I didn't like getting not 100% of my spelling mm-hmm. test that somebody else, mm-hmm. like, judging me. But it's also, well, now my mom's not going to think 
Mm -hmm. I'm good at spelling, like right. all those kinds of extrinsic right, right. thing, maybe. I'm, or my, my mom won't like take me out for ice cream. Right. I, right, that, I, I the think, reward thing. I think it goes back to that everybody wins or everybody gets the trophy idea that, well, I've kind of now built, we've built into society that you get rewarded for doing these things rather than feeling justified or satisfied that you've done this yourself. So I'd imagine, Mike, that... You know, your child and the students at that school probably have a stronger sense of self-worth, self-confidence, or feel truly proud when they're like, hey, it, that, that lip balm I tried to make, it didn't come out very well, but man, I figured out right, a right. lot of stuff. And then the sub kind of current of, I'm learning real life skills of how to be in the world rather right, than right. simply just trying to get the mark to get the sticker to go on my chart because if i get enough stickers then i get to have the ice cream party or i right. get that toy so yes motivators i mean i'm not to say that those things aren't helpful at times but when it's on when that's the only motivator and i'm thinking i was probably one who did chase the grades because there were incentives from my parents or from you know that if i do this well then i know i'll get to have more opportunities to do these other things right. mm -hmm. so i think there is there's more of a push on extrinsic when similar to what we want to say to children when they accomplish that task for the first time when you finally climbed up the climbing wall and you jumped off from the top of it mm -hmm. which you've been wanting to do for months now Right, and you probably failed many times along the way. And you failed, because like, maybe you fell off, or maybe you climbed up, and then you had to climb back down because you got scared, or That's you got me. nervous, That's right? Mm -hmm. And that you finally said, I'm going to go for it, and you did it. And maybe you crash-landed a little bit, or you landed harder. Maybe you landed perfectly. But rather than going, I'm so proud of you, you've done that, I, I, you, to the mm -hmm. child, they, they go... I'll say, well, don't you feel proud of yourself? Wow, look at how excited you are. Right, you've been you. trying that for a while. I, I you hope feel? you feel really proud of yeah. yourself because that's really important. Right. And that it would be the, it's the learning that's underneath. It's that feeling of success. It's that self-worth that's going to be the biggest driver. Right. Because I think that's going to be, because the extrinsic is sure. It's uh, getting that tr the toy, the treat, the thing is great in the initial, but then it you're kind of chasing that. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like mm -hmm. there's that piece of if we could start to recognize failure and so that so that we, we don't grow up. And I'm thinking of myself of someone who doesn't think they're good enough sometimes or a lot of the time. Right. Because I need reinforcement to say, no, you are good enough. Yeah. yeah. But if I would have had messages early on to say, hey, I, I feel really proud of that drawing that I made or right. that I made that play in the baseball game and that people were excited for me, but I was excited for me, too. Mm -hmm. I think then we're starting to, to have a, a young adults and adults in society who then are looking at doing things because it feels good or because right, it, right. we know it, it feels better to do this versus, yeah, but am I going to get the bigger paycheck? Am mm -hmm. I going to get to buy that new right. toy? And so I think there's that piece. So I don't want to just tail back because I think it, you're talking about learning, Mike. Yeah. With the students at your child's high school that... They're, they're, they're learning, they're learning, learning, and they're learning right. the joy of yeah. learning rather than I just have to do this to do, yeah. to do the next thing. And I want to go back to that child who writes yeah. reverse in my classroom. I didn't tell you that she's left-handed. Ah. So she writes backwards, I think because she sees people starting and then it's 
well, the clean paper's over right, here. Right, right, yeah. So yeah. it might be something as simple as she's just doing the mirrored version because she sees, well, right. I, then I and don't... it's a fairly typical thing to I do. I don't it. smear yeah. my marker when I'm mm-hmm. writing or doing my mm-hmm. drawing. Maybe that. Yeah. But that what she is learning is that how much fun it is to write letters and notes and draw pictures and that she'll come up and show me and I'll go, wow, you really spent a long time on that. You do, man, I can tell you really feel right, happy right. about how that came out. Mm-hmm. versus, well, you know, you need to switch your letters around. Right, then right. she goes, well, I don't, then I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or now, well, tell me the next thing I need to do. What's the next thing I need to do? So then I think it goes from intrinsic to, ex- to yeah, yeah. Uh, intrinsic to extrinsic. Yeah. And yeah. I think, so maybe, Joe, I think that's a, maybe a whole other discussion yeah, to yeah. kind of dive into because I think there's that failure needing reinforcement to to grow skills, to to. But I think there's that feeling of, well, who's, who's it for? Who's the mm-hmm. learning for? Mm-hmm. I mean, without going on to parts probably two, three, and four into this, I think maybe we'll wrap it up here. Yeah. Um, but I think that it has room for a lot more discussion later on. So thanks, yeah, you two, for jumping into yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Russ. It was a successful conversation. Yeah. Without <laughs> Tom here, you I know, I'm sorry. I, I was trying to add some failure part to it. But I think, no, I think this was a, yeah, it was a very successful <laughs> through talking about maybe some of our own failures. So thanks, everybody. Thanks. thanks. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn. <laughs>